Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is brought to you exclusively by the Arad Rob Radio Network. He's a member of wrestling royalty. His repertoire and skills in the ring are unmatched. He's always been loyal, trustworthy, and has a work ethic that is unparalleled. He's been bashed by his peers, by the media, and even by the fans. But he's living proof that our worst days do not define us, and neither can other people. Welcome to Rebuilding the Foundation with Teddy Hart. Hey guys, welcome back to Rebuilding the Foundation with Teddy Hart. This is episode number three, and I am your happy host, Rob Francois. I hope you guys are doing well all around the world. We all thank you for listening here and for watching on our YouTube channel. If you're not on our YouTube channel, please subscribe to Rebuilding the Foundation with Teddy Hart, or just go at Teddy Hart Show, and you will find it on YouTube. I am always joined by the man with the name of the marquee. He is the sexiest man in the world. <laughs> I had to try to pop him. Uh, it's the one and only, the incomparable Teddy Hart. Good evening, Teddy. Well, what a wonderful compliment from a heterosexual gentleman. That's right. Thank you. Uh, just thanks again for making this happen. This is number three, so anything that's past uh, the first one in a bomb, I'm, I'm happy. Like I said, I was, uh, I was looking for 50 people to listen to it, so... Yeah, we got quite a bit more than that, brother. We got about eight, nine hundred views on YouTube, and uh, and the, the audio podcast is getting up there as well. So, we uh, we're already reaching some people. Uh, my my big thing is about doing those Conrad uh, parties once a year, or whatever, where we have a retreat and everybody meets up. The Teddy Hart crazy fans and loyal uh, loyal people I've met over the years that have blessed me with probably the most important the gift you can have, which is time and friendship. And that's really what this is about. Uh, our guest, Dwayne, uh, I have I have a lot of uh, friends I meet all over the world. I travel a lot, but uh, because of the travel, it's it's hard to get to really know people uh, beyond life, say, at the bar or if you're working at the clubs or you see them uh, for a few hours once a week. But I spent a lot of time with Dwayne, and, yeah, you, you see the success of a, of a man and uh, the rebuilding of a relationship uh, with his wife. And he's got an interesting story on about, uh, you know, a million subjects because he's, he's world-traveled 
and uh, made a lot of money and worked really hard and got the he got the moral standing and fiber from a wonderful set of parents which we thought that was uh, a blessing and something we had in common so that built our relationship his dad said to me one time not his dad said they said to him how he dislikes how people don't smile at each other when they walk by and that you can give someone a positive nod so i projected that into the universe for a week and um i said hi and nodded and looked at basically with a smile every single person that looked my way and i'm in a holographic maserati that's uh, i think what is the only one that i saw in north america that was completely bedazzled with crystals and looked really sharp and especially at night and um by just smiling and saying hi to people it it changed my whole energy and i remember feeling like you know, I almost felt like it was a euphoric feeling and it was a secret. Someone had told me and he told me that that was something he did when, uh, you know, win, lose or draw with what they gave us back. Just smile and, and be polite to every person that walks by or cordial. And that was some advice his dad gave him and that he gave that to me. And like I say, those are little diamonds or uh, jewels or gems that people give you. And uh, working out and he's a master uh, bodybuilder and he's retired obviously now. But um, like I said, we'll get... Uh, with Dwayne on here, one of my best friends and uh, one of the guys that wore my suits and had a great style and a uh, very beautiful man so he could handle the uh, balls wear, which is my motto is you have the balls to wear it, is my clothing line. And it's called balls wear. So he was a guy that wore balls wear and, and looked great in it. Uh, so we've had some technical difficulties, kind of oh. you know, peel the curtain back a little bit. Uh, we were supposed to have uh, a guest tonight and unfortunately it didn't work out. So we're going to call him the ring, brother. And we're just going to freestyle. So I hope you're ready for the, the tough questions I got for you tonight. Well, I, I think that's uh, what I pride myself on is being able to go in there and wrestle on the fly. And uh, if you give me a mic, I should be able to give you a good hour of uh, entertainment. That's right. And I can only ask you two questions. You can give me an hour because that's how much you talk. Uh, if it's if it's the story takes an hour to tell, sometimes people just they lack detail and they're not uh, creative when they tell the story because their memories aren't are you know aren't intact or I guess maybe you know they didn't I don't know memories for me are pretty important so I would like if it took that much time to describe it I'd rather do it that way especially if it's a podcast like and I, I know for me sitting in a car doing uh, doing the radio thing. I like to sit and listen for an hour or two. I just listened to uh, Kevin Hart on uh, Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And it was just inspirational to hear him talk about his schedule of being up always at five and always challenging himself with new things and uh, new product lines and uh, creating energy uh, basically from always taking positive people and putting them in a group and using them to fuel you if you're having the bad day or something's not going right, you knew you had the right people around you to keep you up or to pick you up or to keep you moving forward. And uh, just, it was inspirational again to hear how Joe Rogan too, uh, the way he was getting the guys to feel comfortable talking about uh, their lives. And, you know, he's a a great podcast guy. Look up to him. Uh, I thought he just had such a, a genuine feeling about when he was hearing the tricks or success stories of the, like that, you know, he's, he's basically getting these guys to tell stuff that no one else gets them to talk about. And like I say, these seems to be secrets to success, um, building a good core of people and the family time, uh, how important the family time is. And I respect the people uh, more than you can imagine that understand that principle and giving back and then also separating um 
you know, what is work related from what's completely, uh, you know, in a different, different house, a different part of your life. And uh, that gets confusing if you get them complicated and they tie into each other. And then uh, it takes away from the right things to do, which are investing in your kids. And that was another thing Kevin Hart talked about was investing in his, uh, in his kids. He's got his kids in different programs. He's got his kids in, uh, I think one of his kids is in kickboxing right now or Muay Thai and Kevin is, he's personally taking boxing. And I used to box a lot and I'm getting back into boxing hopefully. And one of my friends, uh, a guy named Brian actually introduced me to a boxing coach here, a Russian boxing coach or a guy that I think was, he was, he was a pretty serious guy and trainer, but I was a little bit uh, scared of the schedule to be honest i wasn't ready to commit because i knew it was something if i'm going to do it i want to do it full and uh, finish it and that was another thing uh kevin hart talked about was finishing a, a comp if you pick something you have to finish it that was his mom's rule if you start it you have to finish it no matter what it was and if you and i thought again that's you know so it goes back to that original what are the things you want to finish you know and like writing a book he said he said another quote he's like like this is a book you're writing a book about your life your book your life is your book and um so just that's one of those things if you listen to the guys that are telling you stuff the reason i liked Dwayne on my podcast uh, earlier the guy i was going to try to have on is he's got a great story a success story of how he he basically started off uh, in a really strict environment with his dad and that's what carried him on to being a successful car salesman and selling the most cars ever i think in uh he has some record that he set for his company or for for that year or whatever for selling the most cars and may have been in north america it was it was astonishing like i said his story of how he took the farm life and put it into the put it into the real world and all those little things he learned from his dad all the tricks and the uh, focus and never having a vacation and not being distracted by tv and i think you know going to the gym on a steady basis and being being accountable like he said every single day for years and years and years and all of a sudden now the guy has a you know penthouse and a beautiful mansion before that he had and has driven some of the best cars in the world and he's a beast and that still looks at 50 years old phenomenal and just a super fun guy i met Dwayne and i uh, was so impressed you know so i spent i spent about seven days with him about straight and he just let me stay at his house and uh chill out he had a few people in and out in and out basically he was just so kind he'd always just everywhere we went he'd always have people come back to the house and feed them and take care of them and buy, buy him drinks and let him drink like they were kings at his house and going up on the penthouse floor and you see the people uh it, it really it really made them feel good that they were in a place that was safe and it was luxury and they felt important you could see the vibe from people that were just like they would have never been in that type of apartment on their own and they would have never been on that floor up at the pool and the barbecue and feeling that type of synergy amongst the brothers or amongst a group of really nice people uh, guys and girls all getting along and just like a free-spirited type of person and um he was telling me a story about when he was shaving one of the he has a, a few homeless guys that live outside his house and he was giving them haircuts and how um he could see the lice coming off of the uh, poor guy's head because he he was the, his head was infected with light. How Dwayne he didn't flinch at all. He said he sat there and cut the guy's hair for him, and then made sure he had some food and went up and got him a bunch of clothes. And I remember meeting the guy later, and the guy said to me, "Dwayne helped save my life." And the guy was he wasn't all there. You could see, but he definitely was aware of what was going on. And uh, I told him, I said, "Well, I said Jesus works in mysterious ways," and I said sometimes. 
a guy like that, you would think he's, you know, he's got like three or four cars and a beautiful wife. And he looks like, I guess, kind of like an arrogant type of movie star type of guy to me. Like, and, uh, but you never judge a book by its cover. That's why I always say with Teddy Hart too, like, give me, you don't even know me. Don't judge me. Please don't judge me. And then throw away the key on everything that I may be able to prove to you or show you or educate you on, or we could share, or we could grow, uh, you know, as better, faster, smarter human beings as a team. Like I say, it's not about the religion. It's the rules, the common sense rules of if you're in jail, the common sense rules of being clean and being kind and being aware of your surroundings and not leaving shit behind. And just all these small little lessons that you learn, you know, they build into something. And then you would look at the characters that you're with that run the, that have the mansion or that are doctors or lawyers or whatever they're doing, or they're retired. They own their own time. They're their watches or Rolexes and they don't have to worry about, you know, anything and they do whatever they want and you just watch them. And then you want, I want to know how he got to that point where he was able to just live free. And then you, you know, you most of it came from hard work. Every person that I've met almost that ever had anything that's, that was worth t- talking about, or you can enjoy and feel and conk, you know, and really that's the difference. Like I say, material things are beautiful. They're not necess- necessity, but definitely they feel good when you have them or when you share them and how those people got those things. Cause time is energy and time is money. And so if you're putting time and money into these beautiful things that are going to prolong your, I say your happiness, not just with you, but with other people and uh, you find out their secret, then value it and keep them as, uh, as you know, I guess mentors, these guys, there's younger mentors than me. There's older mentors than me. It depends on the information that you're getting out of somebody. And as long as that information is positive and it feels like there's a give and take and that it's, you know, you're enthusiastic about learning or hearing his story because he's opening up to you. That's a big deal. Sometimes when people tell me their stories and man, I I love to hear people's stories. I'm fascinated. Like almost every person I've met, it seems like have had some crazy, crazy shit happen to them. And I'm wondering if that's, you know, if that's more of the way the world is, but a lot of people never even get a chance to tell you their story or how they were successful or what a hundred thousand dollar a year job is. Or you said, you know, to me, Rob, your wife's doing really well. She makes X amount of dollars. You make X amount of dollars. It's like, you'd be surprised how many people make more money than you think, but don't make enough money to really be millionaires, but they definitely have enough money to decide what they want to do. And yeah. they picked you, they picked in that they don't need you for shit. You don't need me for a thing. It's that's not financially benefiting you, but you were curious. I talked about curiosity of getting to know people. That's one of the greatest goals to me or gifts to me that you can have is uh, how you decide why some people are going to be lifelong friends. And then I can look and see because there's a foundation rebuilding the foundation. I was doing this a few years ago, trying to rebuild the group of friends that I have because uh, a lot of them have moved on to bigger, better things. And uh, I'm never going to see them again for another 20 years type of thing, because they're into this, they're into this, you know, they're on a mission right now. And um, I'll go back to the young bucks. I remember seeing them when they very first started wrestling. And I said to them both, and I have a brother who passed away named Matt, which is another coincidence, but one of the happiest times of my life was wrestling with my brother. And I remember telling them how lucky they were to be together and that should, they should always stay together that no matter what they should, there's much better plan. And there's a way more uh, strength in their unity as a team. And to really work on the fact that their fundamentals and their timing uh, is untouchable because they're brothers. 
and that that's what's going to separate them from all of the other people out there is their timing and their their sequencing and their spot sequencing and how they just did the tag the combos and uh it evolved and there's the smarts of being good christian guys and having good parents and not playing stupid games and i play stupid games sometimes and i got involved with drug dealers and all sorts of shit headaches and it didn't get me anywhere and i never told guys to practice i never said do what i do ever not once i always said probably not the best role model out there uh but for advice definitely uh and for critiquing and telling what a guy needs to do to get there, I'll definitely, I have a book on it. And I did basically give a lot of those guys free lessons on what I think they should do to get to that level. And the guys that did, they're so busy that getting a text back from them, I, I always found that was a big deal. And there's some guys I texted and the young bucks were always nice. And they always texted me back, no matter how busy they were, or whatever they were doing. They always remember that. And when I was in the locker rooms with them, they treated me like family and they let me go and they gave me front row seats at AEW and let me walk around with my cats and, uh, you know, had a guy sitting there as an usher, security guard, getting me whatever I needed to get. So I didn't even have to go back and forth to the concession, which was a, a you know, a nice thing to me. And I got to see Tony Khan for about maybe 30 seconds and he just said hi to me. He was very, very kind. He said, but I'm allergic to cats. He says, but it's an honor to have you here at, at the show. And I said, oh, thanks for saving wrestling because without you, so many guys wouldn't have work right now. So he saved wrestling to me. I thought that was, and the fact that Vince was still doing what he did, which is putting on the best entertainment, like the, the videos they have, the, 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 the lighting grids, the videos, the, the screens, what the setups for WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, that shit is off. It's, it's on another level. It's untouchable. Uh, the storylines with the wrestling, if I don't watch a lot of it, like I say, I see the characters and the guys always look like they're in great shape and the, the, uh, the matches are still nice and tight. It's just a different style than AEW. But for me, if I'm watching wrestling again now as a fan, it's on like four five days a week you can't ask for anymore and these guys a lot of them are going through the learning curve right now they're they're green and they're learning how to get good on tv which is better than not having them on tv at all so you know if people are hard on certain things like my my point just going back was there's some guys that i watched at the very beginning that i could see the tools and the building blocks that they were going to be good good people to have or bet on and friendship is a bet of time and energy and if you bet on somebody you want them to make it not just for my own personal selfish reasons of having a good friend but i want to see what they're going to do with their life and i love watching other people's success and i live through that for me again i stopped wrestling with a dream at like 18 19 it ended for me really i really tell people I'm like listen after that i was motivated for a certain amount of time after that i took it as a hobby and i liked the fact that i could go in there and i could test the limits of gravity i could test the limits of the boys that wanted to challenge that they were the number one high flyer and the most innovative wrestler in the world. That's a title I could put a stamp on, not world champion in a company. Never is going to happen for me. I knew that. It's not about the wrestling quality of the guy. It's, it's so many variables and factors, and then all of it coming down to really two things. If you're friends with the promoter and if they like you or they, can, if they think they can trust you or how they got that information that they judged you on. And if it doesn't come from a good source, like a clean well of water, if the water's got shit and piss in it, no matter what you do, that's never going to have it. And so the people that dug my well they put shit and piss in it on purpose and i never got to give people clean water i was already judged and taken in a situation where i'm like well i'm doing the numbers right now and if brett's not in there and brett was 
and the owner of the company is Brett's worst enemy, basically, then I think that's really, uh, I don't see them writing me into any great storylines or doing anything good. So for me, after that, it was like, well, who can I have matches with that are going to be on TV later? And I can watch those guys that are big stars and I can go back and watch my match with them. And so those are ways for motivation to like, you're sitting there, I'm still driving a Bentley. I'm still driving a Lamborghini. I'm still, I'm, my dad's still a millionaire. I'm just lucky, absolutely blessed to have a beautiful family. You know, my mom and dad are saints. My dad's a genius. My mom, the hardest working guy I've ever met my mom's an absolute i've never seen my mom swear in my life i've never seen her say something bad about somebody except for a poacher that hit a seal on the head that's the only time i see my mom a few times where she was emotionally upset uh, because she was watching something on tv and she wanted to show me how disgusted she was with this poacher who snuck behind a baby seal and killed it and she was watching this on this uh on the show about uh, the, the cruelty to animals and uh, endangered species. And like the, it was, and it was fascinating to see what made her tick and why, uh, you know, the way she was and what it did for other people and her, her legacy and her reputation amongst so many people that that was, that was so in, it was an endearing trait that people it's, it's just one of those things. If you can live your life like my mom or my dad and they're just, salt of the earth type of people so i think they're the ones that kept me from crossing over onto i've crossed uh, i've crossed a few lines definitely and I, i'm far from an angel but i'm also morally i live by a code which is a code that got me through jail with all my teeth in my mouth and allowed me to not have to choose a side of white black or mexican in a jail uh in a system where it was very uh, fortunate for me i got to pray under the banner of jesus christ i had commissary and um I was able to go in and learn that this is a, a really dangerous, shitty place, and I don't want to ever be there again. And the, the take take the things that I really can, put, you know, put a stamp on and value those things. And I started having to look back and wondering what those things were because you got a lot of time with retrospective types of thinking when you're sitting in a jail cell, solitary confinement. And I wasn't doing a nine to five job. So, I mean, I'm remembering all the things I did with all the matches I had and all the guys I've been in the ring with. And I'm like, well, you know, this is something that's an actual blessing is to tell the story of all these wonderful kids that I grew up or that grew up watching me. I was one of the guys they watched and I feel sad that they're not able to say more about their time with me because most of them have a pretty good, funny Teddy Hart story like Trent Beretta and uh, Chuck Taylor. They did an interview with me on the, on the best friends and that was one of my uh, funnest interviews. And I did another interview with Colt Cabana and uh, he was awesome. And he asked me a lot of interesting questions about the, when I grew up and things that had happened. And, um, you know, so that's, it gets, it gets me, uh, it gets me upset when people, they don't understand the listening back to people. And that's what gives you the story of who they are. So I listen very carefully when people tell me who they are. And that's how I judge this new group of people specifically. I'm a lot, I guess, uh, get more skeptical um now and uh less inclined not to listen but to uh, hear and listen and then apply uh, a time of i guess it's an approval time if i have if i'm getting weird vibes off of it and i'm not feeling comfortable then i think there's a certain time and place that if you haven't gelled with somebody then those aren't people that you want to be around and uh, waste time with and i've i've been able to uh Learned that lesson the hard way because I hung out with so many different people that I should know every flavor of ice cream now out there because there's so many different flavors of people. And, but you know, and there's once you've hung out with enough different flavors of people, you know the flavor you like or what qualities you like in something, you know what I mean? So, and then from there, you try to pick those guys and build a team now because I'm rebuilding guys, my life that fell apart due to a few things, like I say, that were absolute, uh, 
hypocrisies and defamation of character and slander and ridiculousness and uh, other things were ridiculousness by me of ever just not being sharp smoking way too much weed at the time and uh, not being focused on how much money I could have made with social media and taking opportunities and, and just sleeping and uh, partying with too many girls and you know, I look back and I'm like, I lived an unbelievable life. I've eaten some of the best, some of the best restaurants in the world. And I've hung out with a lot of beautiful women and I've been able to be blessed by a lot of women that give me great advice. And uh, some also are pissed off that they don't get to hang out with me as much. And then instead of being cooler, they turn into spoiled babies. And um, I always found it sad that I would like to go back and talk to some of my ex-girlfriends that were upset and sour grapes because they knew that they knew the potential and they were there close enough to taste it. And they've been around the 20,000 people fans and they've been in the back in locker rooms or they've seen, you know, a phone call where, you know, it's one step away from Vince McMahon or it's a Shane McMahon taking a picture and spending a half an hour in an airport thinking, Oh, maybe that's your break. And it's like, I don't ever think like that. My break was 18. I got signed and, uh, and that was it for me. And then when I was 27, again, I, I thought that was a blessing that they gave me an opportunity just to go back. And it was one of those ones where if TJ, Harry and Natty made it out of there alive and they're rich and they're powerful now, then I'm happy. That yeah. was it really, my, my cousin makes me so happy. I'm so proud of Natty that I can look at my career and I know for sure when everything, when the dust settles, she'll be able to watch videos with me and, uh, she goes, this is things that I helped you do. I said, I didn't help you. I, what I did was I bet on you because I knew if you were put in the position to have a race, you would win that race. It's the problem. They don't give the right people the race to win. The, and there's certain races you can win. So my thing is to set someone up motivationally with the right information and the, the understanding, the greed, the tenacity, all these different variables to go in, fearlessness, to go in there and attack this goal that Natty can be a wrestler and she can be a worldwide superstar and she could be like her dad and my dad wanted to be, you know, want her, sorry, my, not, not uh, my dad, but her dad and Brett, they wanted her to be, you know, somebody in uh, – you know, in combat sports, well, you know what? It's pretty hard to come out of the dungeon. And she trained with Tokyo Joe, so she was training like a Ronda Rousey style thing, shoot, you know, shoot fighting and and learning. So, and I remember when she got hurt, she had told me she got hurt doing a moonsault in Japan. And I remember all the moves she was doing off the top ropes when I was first training with her. She was, I'm sure, she would have done a shooting star press within the next two weeks because her trainers were me and Jack. And, you know, we do every move in the world. And TJ is an unbelievable trainer. And I remember we were all sitting there just thinking, like, holy, watching Natty's progression. It was getting, you know, unbelievable. She hit a Dragon Rana on Matt Rats. I remember the first Dragon Rana I ever seen a girl do. And so smooth. And uh, when she came back, she got hurt. And she said, this is a business that I have to have longevity in. And she goes, I can't take unnecessary risks. I don't think I'll ever do another backflip again. And I remember I sat for a second. I thought about it. It's like unnecessary risk. She picked the right places and she knew the right times to do stuff. And she said something to me about how hard it is to recover from an injury and that she always respected me so much for doing what I did and to, to be able to do it without getting injured. And the Tyson kids the same way, like for him to be all those years, he's Iron Man all those years of being Iron Man, and then due to some bad planning and people putting other people out there maybe where they're not quite um, – warmed up enough i don't know the scheduling how it all worked out and it's not really something for me to talk about too much it's not my business but just the fact that it happened and he was injured and he came back 
and the fact that he made friends with everybody and that he became successful and he rebuilt himself and he became one of the best agents and has been doing in some, from what I understand, directing some of the best matches in WWE history. And it goes to the testament of the people. You know, the Young Bucks were like TJ. They were real simple, smart. They weren't playing games. They knew what they wanted, and that's all they did, and they loved wrestling. They had enough enjoyment that that was a goal for them, was a dream for them, was a game for them, which was fun for them. And that's, to me, that's if you can make those things happen in your life, and that's your job, and it's a game, and it's fun, and you're making money, and it's something you can do with your family, and they're watching, and, you're, you know, your dad's with you sometimes, or your parents. The Young Bucks travel. Their parents go a lot of places, and we're definitely a huge part of their beginning upbringing with wrestling like you say that's the foundation of what you built it on so i can have everything fall apart and i still don't lose everything i have because i have a strong foundation around me and i go back to my foundation of people and i'm like listen you need to pick me up and get me up uh, to another level where i'm motivated to talk and tell stories about only really positive things what makes you a winner well these are all people that i've met in my life over the years that are all winners in some capacity and if they were down here's some things that they did when they were down they had awareness they had understanding that if you're an alcoholic go to aa if you're doing drugs go to NA I've been to rehab three times because of marijuana and every once in a while I'd, I would be at that stage where I'm smoking so much weed and I can't sleep still I'm not it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing it's frustrating me now and I'm so hooked and I'm just imagining that if I was on serious drugs real drugs, I would be absolutely dead and it would just scare the shit out of me. I watched Train Spotting years ago about that heroin movie and the guys getting off and being locked in a room with shit and pissing themselves. How scary. I remember seeing that. I'm like, holy shit. You know, I didn't realize, like, when you're on other types of drug, what the come off is. And then I'd go to rehab and I'd see all these people. And, like, it was, I'm coming off weed, so there's no physical addiction. I'm fiending and sweating a bit, but nothing really. And I would smoke a cigar, cheat still. You know, I'd still smoke something just to, because you can see it smoking rehab. But, man, you learn the lessons. And you go to AA and you hear all these guys tell you their stories about absolutely ruined their lives. And it scared the shit out of me enough that I'm like, well, I already learned these lessons at a young age, thank God. But they'll be the ones that I, I really remember if I get curious around 40, like, stupid. Like, I see a lot of my friends, I'm like, like you went all these years without trying hard drugs and now all of a sudden you're doing hard drugs because you're 40 and bored and midlife crisis kicks in all those years you work so hard to build that foundation which is your book and your story that's going to carry you on for the next 20 years 30 years of a wonderful life and it's like they they skip pages and they forget that they forget that this is the journey and sometimes you got to go through shit to come out on the other side and you wouldn't understand how good the smell of a rose is or how good the smell of a clean shower is until you've been shit dirty and filthy and lived on the street even just a taste of it or almost homeless just for a second, you know, and then you go, holy man, the perspective on things completely changes when you walk in someone's shoes. My buddy just got a tattoo on his back. And I can't imagine how much pain he's in, but he's tough. And he came here I mean, and he's like, I, I felt so bad because I didn't have the right cream. He's like, I know there's a cream out there. He's like, I just muscled through. I'm like, oh, that's three and a half hours. And I think about the time that he spent. I'm like, you know what? What impresses me is people being able to do things I can't do. I got a tattoo without the ink and I had him do it on me for like just a couple. Man, I jumped like a stuck pig i screamed <laughs> i couldn't believe how bad it hurt yeah and i wanted one so bad i wanted to get a few things like i want my grandfather's name on me i wanted to get like a, i wanted to get like four or five different endangered cats on my back different diff, like a red panda and a different animals that motivated me that i just i love to see them and genuine happiness comes out of me watching shows like if i see a red panda show i'm i'm happy as a pig and shit for a whole you know the couple of days i'm still shining i'm smiling or i think i'm gonna see like to, to know jt knows the 
Tiger King, and I, I have that sad thought of a man. If I could have been there, I would have known him. I could have, if this, you know, five years different, if this didn't happen, I would have been able to go to those farms. And like, my dream is to have a sanctuary uh, of endangered species that all grow up together and get along. So you'd get them all relatively at a similar age, at, at, a, at a very young age. And if they weren't, then you'd bring them in and you'd try to raise them with the animals at a young age with the mother and a dog training a cat, training a duck, training a koala bear, training a red panda, or they all grew up in the same captivity in a sense. But it's a petting zoo type of environment or like a sanctuary or a retreat where you can go. And these animals have grown up with people since the day they were born. And they've also grown up with other animals. So you see the synergy and it goes back to me. There's all these different animals out there. We're all animals on this world. And there's all these different animals. If they can get along and I'm watching these things, it's because they were trained and they were brought up together. So that tells me is that where you're from means a lot. And if you're from a neighborhood and you have a di- an ethnic diversity in that neighborhood, you're going to have friends of every single type of color, code and creed and religion. So, I mean, it goes back to being a good person. And it's a simple common sense rule. Those rules are, it's not that they're in, they're in every holy book out there. But to me, again, I don't even think it's something that a book has to teach you. It's just like, it's just simple tools of being polite and being humble and don't confuse a character on TV of a complete cocky, crazy, arrogant maniac. That's my character. But that's, that's a character who gets punched in the teeth in a bar and gets his car burned down to the ground because he's an asshole and he, does, and he thinks he's better than people. I've always thought I was blessed. Thanks for listening to Rebuilding the Foundation with Teddy Hart. To keep up with the latest happenings with Teddy, follow him on Instagram at official Teddy Hart. You can also email us at rebuildingthefoundationpodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time for Rebuilding the Foundation with Teddy Hart right here on the Red Rob Radio Network.